0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Auto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. And welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dillonado featuring Long Beach State alumni and professional golfer, Joe Fryer. Joe, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Looking forward yeah.
0: to it. Yeah, it's nice to be able to kind of chat with you and stuff. I know we met in person down at the uh, Bakersfield Open and got to know you a little bit, and uh, super glad that you're able to come on the podcast and kind of talk about your golf journey. But um, we'll get straight into the questions and stuff. Where are you from, and how'd you get into the game of golf?
1: Yeah, so I was born in Bristol, England. Um, not many people know that, but I got a dual citizenship. Um, so yeah, I was born there and then I moved over to the U.S. when I was like four or five mm. um, to Seattle, Washington, because um, my dad works for uh, Boeing. So they got the big plant up there for airplanes. You um, used to work nice. for Airbus, got transferred over there when I was got young. It. Nice. So yeah, I grew up in Seattle, um, played high school golf there. Um, on the golf team um, for a couple years there and then I actually went back to England when I was like 16 until I was I want to say just after I turned 18 Oh, okay. Um, and then yeah and then went back to Seattle again and then, um, and then ended up been here ever since so
0: nice nice so you kind of talked about you played high school in Seattle and stuff um, kind of talk about your your high school days and kind of what were you shooting and everything
1: yeah, so um, I played a lot of soccer growing up. Uh, oh, okay. Really want. Yeah, being from England, soccer is just a
0: Yeah, it's kind it's of the big country sport. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah it's, yeah.
1: it's like American football for or American football here. Um, so yeah, I grew up playing that a lot. And then uh, yes, when I was about I started kind of late compared to most golfers. I guess most of the guys I grew up playing with in junior golf started like 5, 6 years old, you know, just playing golf like junior tournaments um I started when I was like 13 or 14 so when I was in middle school okay uh yeah my dad used to play in a Boeing league once a week and I just kind of started playing while I was playing soccer and then just loved the individual aspect of the game just being able to right. practice whenever I wanted and just being at the golf course all day in the summer with friends and just you know stuff like that and just kind of got got the bug for the game and just picked it up from there and then just got just got addicted to playing all the time that I just fell in love with it and I'd say you know when you first start playing you can get good really quick you know yeah of course now at our level at our level that we play now it's smaller percentages you know just getting a little bit better each time you're practicing whereas Mm -hmm. from when I was 13 to I want to say like 17 or so I just got really quick really fast just Worked really hard, practiced a lot, and played on, on the uh, Kamiak High School golf team, which is uh, up in Mukilteo, about 45 minutes north of Seattle.
0: Okay, nice. Um,
1: played there for my freshman and sophomore year, and just still actually talked to a lot of my high school teammates on that golf team, so that's kind of just where I kind of honed my game and kind of got, got going with the process there
0: yeah definitely and you said you, you started playing in some tournaments when you were younger kind of talk about what kind of organizations and stuff that or tournaments that you were playing in did you play in like ajgas did you travel a lot or kind of what did you do to get some exposure for yourself
1: yeah so i didn't play in ajga really um i uh i guess they were just kind of expensive at the time just traveling around yeah
0: they definitely are
1: playing playing those tournaments i um, just never really played in those cause I started kind of late. So I wasn't really quite ready to play in those, I would say.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I remember I, when I broke 70 for the first time, I was only probably 14 or so. Oh, or, I mean, wow. not broke 70, sorry. broke 80 for the first time. Broke
0: 80. Uh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah.
1: I was, I think I was 14. So, okay. um, I, I'd only been playing for about a year. Uh, so yeah, what well, definitely wasn't AJGA ready when I first mm-hmm. started playing golf, um, played in junior tournaments in Washington state. They had a lot of great players growing up there. Um, actually it's funny because a, a couple of the guys that I played junior golf with in Washington actually live down here in Scottsdale now. And I see them almost every day at the same course that we practice at. Nice. That's so, cool. yeah. So, uh, just. We played in a tour called the Jared GT, which is the Junior Golf Tour in the Pacific Northwest, which just has tournaments all over Washington State, and just kind of did that locally until I, you know, felt like my game was ready, and then I kind of traveled a little bit and played a couple more tournaments, but never, yeah, never quite got into the AJGA stuff.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, and like you were saying, those tournaments they're really expensive, and you know, you got to travel all around the you know the United States even play in a tournament and getting into the tournaments let alone is tough too so I didn't play in many of them as well and but yet you still made it to a very you know high level college and I kind of would like to talk about the recruiting process and stuff how'd you start that and how'd you go about getting in contact with coaches
1: yeah so kind of where my game got a lot better is when I went to England um, Mm -hmm. when I was 16 I okay. stayed at a boarding school. I went to the Lee Westwood Golf Academy, which was like a yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. So it was like a boarding school, basically, where I lived on my by myself when I was sixteen to eighteen with guys from all around the world. There's probably I want to say like probably twenty of us, just twenty guys in a golf school, and we all we did was just tutor and then just played golf in the afternoons, and that's just what we did every day, and just kind of enjoyed that, and then uh when i was getting close to 18 you know i always wanted to come back to the u.s because i liked i always liked it here um just because this is kind of where i grew up mainly so i'm kind of used to the culture here yeah Uh, and then i got into contact with coach named luke bennett up at western washington which is a school um oh yeah in bellingham washington just just below the border of canada near victoria so like an hour from canada about Mm -hmm. went there for one year and then uh unfortunately it was ineligible um to play because they just didn't accept my credits from the school that i went to in england oh i see yeah so that was kind of a bummer and I always wanted to play Division One golf because I was a Division Two school that I went to my freshman year. So
0: yeah, well, actually, uh, I I play at Sonoma State and we play with uh, Western Washington, Washington a couple of tournaments. So I'm familiar with some of um, with the guy on the team there, and um, yeah, so it's funny I've heard of that school, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, they were a really good uh, Division Two school, um, and I liked it up there. I probably honestly I probably would have stayed there if I didn't become ineligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just a weird thing that happened to me that actually turned out to be one of the best things that happened to me because then i got an opportunity to come down to california and which is kind of where i always wanted to go was down near great weather and the sun you know yeah down in southern california can't really beat
0: it so heck yeah talk about that process and stuff yeah talk about how you transferred to long beach state and how that process started
1: yeah so um i i want to say in uh fall uh spring 2015, I finished um, my last, my freshman year up there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I just started, I let my coach know that I was going to transfer to a different school and he gave me the release. Um, and then I just reached out to a bunch of schools, um, you know, just went through that recruiting process. Um, took a little longer than I thought it did. So I ended up sitting out for half a year.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I didn't actually start college golf career until the spring of 2016 so um, even though I had a redshirt year I only really played three and a half years of college golf because I had that half year that I set out mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah I just emailed emailed a bunch of coaches just kind of did it all myself just mass emailed every coach basically in Arizona Southern California Texas Northern California
0: did you, have a couple, did you have a couple schools that you were mainly focused on? Like, like maybe you had like three or four dream schools that you were like, man, I really want to go play here. Or kind of what schools were you picking out for that?
1: Yeah. So I was looking at going to ASU at the time. Um, Cause I really wanted to play in a PAC 12 school. Like, I don't know. I was just really hyped on that. I was like, yeah, you know, big, big PAC 12 school. Like that'd be sweet. Um, so I was, talking to Tim Mickelson a little bit, Um, but then I guess just during that time uh, when I sat out for those six months, my parents ended up moving down to Southern California, um, not too far from the Long Beach area, Yeah. so I guess I just kind of decided it'd just be nice to just be around them, and I ended up staying at home while I went to school at Long Beach and um, wasn't really sure what to expect going into Long Beach Um, but now that I went there I'm really glad I did because it's just such a neat community and just you know it's kind of like a little bit of an underdog school and I kind of take pride in being an underdog and yeah I was able to be one of the better players on the team at the time Um, so I was able to play in every tournament and you know didn't have to worry about stress about qualifying as much and just you know got used to got used to competing and, uh, and being at the top of the leaderboard um, often. So, which was a, which was a huge advantage for me going through college.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember kind of watching your years as you progress through Long Beach because I follow them on Instagram and everything. And like you said, they're a division one school and a lot of people want to go play at division one schools and Long Beach state is one of the you know nicer ones to kind of go to down in Southern California. While there is a lot down there, um that's a great school to kind of go play for and I remember like you saying you know your high finishes and everything it was like there for a while you were just top of the leaderboard every tournament I was like man who is this Joe Fryer guy like it's (laughs) insane so um it's kind of kind of really cool to be able to get to know you and stuff and do this podcast with you but um kind of talk about your time at Long Beach State you said you had to a lot of high finishes didn't have to really stress so much about qualifying and stuff kind of talk about um your years there and how the teams were and the kind of players you're playing with.
1: Yeah, so my freshman year, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I didn't realize how much I actually improved from my freshman year to my senior year until I actually looked at the stats
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: like a year ago. Um, I think that my best finish my freshman year was like, maybe like, I don't even know, I don't even know, maybe like a T12 or something.
0: Yeah, I, uh, no, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I think something like that. Like...
1: I remember I was like just grinding like I was like just grinding to shoot like 73 even though like I could easily sh- I could have shot under par and can, and played well I just I guess I was just getting used to the new atmosphere and just kind of getting used to the transition of moving down to California and maybe a little bit different grass and just stuff like that just getting used to it um, but yeah I, I guess I kind of struggled a little bit my freshman year and then kind of got used to living down there and just embraced the opportunity and got very comfortable and then just each year I got got a little bit better um but I really I really enjoyed my three and a half years that I had there um I got to play with a lot of good a lot of good players a lot of PGA tour players um a lot of good amateurs and just made a lot of good friends on the team that I still still talk to I'm sure I'll still talk to for you know the rest of my life so Um, just a very competitive atmosphere. I'm just a very competitive person and all our practices were very competitive and there's just, I mean, you just can't, I think there was a time when I, um, was transferring from Western Washington to Long Beach during that six months that I sat out, I was considering not going to college and maybe either turning pro or just, you know, not really sure, um, but I'm really, yeah, really glad that I did end up going to college because college golf is like, you can't beat it. It's like it's like a mini tour, but everything's free. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Like you get right. a travel, you get travel free. You get all the experience. You got the live scoring from the Golf Stat. You're competing with your friends.
0: You're getting going all the out to dinner gear. with here. I mean, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of experience you can take. It's just it's like a it's like a mini tour that, you know, like you have status on and you have the opportunity to play on. So I yeah. really, really, really like that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I talk to, you know, people that either started the game of golf late, or you know, they, they wish they would have started earlier and you tell them that, Oh, you know, I, you know, I, I play golf, I play college golf and stuff. And they're like, that's gotta be one of the best things to do. You know, you go to school and you play golf on the side and everything. I mean, it's one of the funner things to do. And um, if you can do both, it's, it's amazing. So I highly recommend anybody out there that's looking to play golf in college, uh, definitely do everything you possibly can to do it. Cause as Joe's saying, you know, at division one school, I mean, the schedule, the players, all the gear, everything's for free. And like you're saying, it's kind of like a two, tu- it's like a mini tour where you have status on and you're playing against some of the best amateurs in the world. And it's just, it's one of the funnest things to do. Um, and so like you're saying, you were grinding your freshman year, your scoring average your freshman year was 79.94, which solid for your first year, you know, like you said, you're kind of getting to a new environment. You're kind of, I guess since you went to kind of that boarding school, the Lee Westwood um, Academy and everything, you were able to live on your own. Did you feel that the transition from quote unquote high school golf, junior golf to college golf, did that kind of help you? Or how did you feel? Did you feel somewhat comfortable kind of, being able to be on your own a little bit, even though your parents still live down there, but do you feel like that those experiences translated well for you?
1: Um, Yeah, I think so. I think that traveling and being independent and just being able to practice on my own has never really been a big deal to me um, because I was, I went to that school at a young age and, you know, got used to just used to practicing the white, the right way. And, you know, um, stuff like that so yeah it was it was a it was just a different transition at first like just being able to or trying to be a student athlete and compete at the same time is
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, a little different than high school yeah uh so I'd say that yeah that was probably the the only really tough thing I mean I mean uh yeah living at home was nice because I uh you know was still able to be around my family and you know uh it was only save.
0: you have to save a lot of money that way too
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that was definitely good and being only about 10 minutes from the beach and 10 minutes from school was just you know it was a good balance between playing golf and going to school and also hanging out with friends and being able to do fun stuff outside of golf you know like experience southern california lifestyle that i never had growing up in rainy seattle so
0: yeah i, I guess maybe saying. i was just
1: really excited and just you know it's uh you know was it was it, it wasn't a wasn't it wasn't really a tough transition it was just different
0: yeah it's just different of yeah. course and yeah. i mean it's going to be any transition going from you know high school to college even if you're not playing a sport it's a totally different transition so i think you know like you said there's going to be a lot of, there could be a lot of different things that can affect that. But time management, I feel like that's been the kind of the trend I've heard from a lot of people is managing your time well. And like you said, knowing how to practice efficiently in the right way. And it seems like you did that very well because your sophomore year, your scoring average went down to 71.69. Junior year was 72.59. You, I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing results and everything. As your years went on, did you feel that you were, you, you were thinking about maybe dropping out of college or did you want to kind of go the full distance in your college years, maximize your potential, and then kind of move on to golf after that? Or how, how did you ever think about kind of dropping out and turning pro? Um.
1: Yeah, no, I never thought about it. Um, I was just having a lot of fun and just, you know, uh, just playing golf with the guys and, you know, just Competing and traveling, playing golf, college golf tournaments. I feel like when you're in college, you're just very—at least I was—I was just very present. Like mm-hmm. the only thing that mattered to me was going to school, playing college golf, uh, and then hanging out with friends. <laughs> yeah, like that course. was only—that was like the only thing. Like I didn't really think about um, any other any other things really. Uh, so. That was yeah I didn't I was just so in the moment of that enjoying, enjoying that that I never really never thought about turning pro early. I just wanted to uh, take the time to enjoy that experience and then um, and then uh, think about the next step once, once I got there.
0: Of course, yeah, and speaking of the next step, you know so as your college career kind of was coming to an end, what was the plan for after college? I had you you talked about you know you always wanted to play professional, you're a very competitive guy what was the path that you wanted to take and what were the plans going into kind of your last years of college golf? And, uh, how'd you go about that?
1: Yeah. So the spring of my senior year, I was thinking, I was thinking about doing the Canada Q school as an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- I think that it ended up conflicting with one of our college tournaments. um, and I was like, uh, I was thinking about doing it. My coach was okay with me doing it, missing the college tournament and then playing in the Q school if not to. But then I just thought, ah, I got several years to play in that, you know, no rush yeah. to do it. I might as well just play it. I can't remember which tournament conflicted, but I ended up deciding to just play in the college tournament instead um, and then decide not to do that. Um, but then I just... Uh, yeah, I, I never really had moved to Scottsdale when I was college. I just thought I was going to stay in California in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just uh, just knew a bunch of friends that were moving out here, and a lot of people had moved out here and just heard about the culture out here. And I'd always been here to visit um, a couple times a year to play tournaments. So I always really liked out here, and then it just ended up deciding to move here. But I got – unlucky but also lucky at the same time that I graduated I mean I was lucky in the sense that I graduated before COVID hit so I didn't have to deal with that as a collegiate athlete which unfortunately some of the guys on my team have had to deal with Um, but unlucky in the sense that I turned pro I was just talking to my buddy about this today in a practice round that he was saying it's like like the worst time to be a uh, mini tour professional golfer <laughs> yeah seriously <with> COVID. <laughs> because of, yeah. yeah um so that was the unlucky aspect but um everybody's dealing with it and it seems like we got a q school that's been finalized next week and hopefully they're they'll be able to have the canada tour up in canada um after that and and i'm sure a lot more things will be opening up here soon
0: yeah, definitely. And like you're saying, you know, with Q school and stuff like that, um, what what kind of tournaments are you, do you look for whenever you're kind of scheduling your events out through the year? Um, are you really mainly focused on those Q school events? Or are you trying to play like that Golden State Tour event? Are you trying to play more events like that? Or where, how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, so I, I like to play a lot of tournaments. Um, I just like to stay fresh and just I love competing. And um, moving here to Scottsdale has, has given me the opportunity to play on the outlaw tour a lot, which is nice because I don't have to travel to as many tournaments. I can just stay at my place and I can drive the farthest I'll drive for a tournament is like 45 minutes. Oh, there
0: you uh, go, perfect.
1: Yeah. So they usually have one of these every couple of weeks. Um, and then I've also gotten into playing the swing thought, swing thought tour a little bit. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. I traveled to play a few of those. Uh, But yeah, I like to, so basically I just have on my my calendar, um, I got my Q School March 29th to April 1st, and then I I started a kind of an outlaw tour and a swing thought tour schedule that started February 11th, and I've played one, two, three, four, five, seven, this will be my seventh tournament leading up to Q School in, what's that, February, March, in three months so that's like a tournament every couple weeks yeah um so yeah i just i i'm a big planner and i like to write down my schedule because it just gives me something you know something to practice for and something to look forward to of course Um, so i'll like i'll try and plan out three months in advance so once i finish my q school here um i'll just whatever happens uh, i'll plan out my next three months and just write it down and kind of you know, just weave my way through going th- through from Corn Monday qualifiers to playing a couple Outlaws here at home, to a couple Swing Thought tours, to a couple PGA Tour Monday qualifiers, um, and just kind of, you know, just working my, working my way, way through the system of all the professional golf tournaments
0: <laughs> yeah of course and i mean those are all tournaments that you you you, you got to play in i mean if you want to get status somewhere or you want to get playing in some events like that i mean you got to go out there and you got to go play in all the tournaments you possibly can i think that's great and that's great that you like to you know you have a plan and you have your monthly kind of tournaments and everything like you said it's something to work t- or it's something to work f- like towards something and i it's just I mean, that's all you're doing nowadays. You're playing golf and you got you to gotta compete and you got to go out there and play in those tournaments. Um, yeah, what's exactly. What's been the biggest difference, would you say, from college golf to professional golf? We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors.
1: I'd say that a lot more free time. I'd okay. say you got a lot more free time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, you kind of plan your schedule, obviously, by yourself a lot more. It's not that different. I don't think it's that much different. I mean, it's still golf, mm-hmm. but just, I guess a couple things like that, just a little more free time, which is nice, honestly, to be able to, you know, have some time to relax and work on myself and then also be able to, you know, work out when I need to work out. and Yeah. No more school uh, responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely nice. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not having, when I first graduated, I was like, for the first year i was like i feel like something's due like i feel like something <laughs> i feel like something is like needs to be done because yeah. my sister was still in school and she was like always doing homework i just like I feel like something needs to be done it just doesn't feel right yeah <laughs> but now <laughs> now it's it's nice it's honestly good i really like it um it's just you know i feel more like a professional golfer because i can you know plan everything myself and schedule my workouts and uh playing whatever tournaments I want to and you know it's it's still golf at the end of the day but yeah just a few a couple minute things that that you uh I guess can transition to and see if you can you know overcome those hurdles
0: yeah of course and like you said you're able to kind of plan your day and weeks out the way you want kind of go in depth and talk about what does your week look like whenever you have a tournament and also what does your week look like when you don't have a tournament
1: yeah, so when I have a tournament, um, oh, that's probably one of the most beneficial things about being or being a professional golfer now is that you can play two practice rounds, whereas in college you can you usually only get one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas I love to play two practice rounds um, when I can. Okay. So I'll if I can, yeah, I'll try get there a couple days early and get those two practice rounds in because it's kind of different when you. See the course for a second time before you play it because you kind of get to hit it in some different spots. You know, yeah, you already yeah. know the course, so you can kind of a little more familiar with it in your second round. Whereas the first practice round, you're just like trying to figure out like where to hit it. Do I hit it here? Do I hit it there? <laughs> right. What, exactly. are the, what are the What are the greens rolling like? You know, how do I How does my body feel? Yeah. Um, during a tournament week, yeah. So, um, actually, I'm in about to start a tournament week right now. So I just played a practice round today at Wigwam um I just play by myself today which I kind of sometimes I like to play with guys and like to get a little action game going yeah um but I probably don't I mean I'm very very competitive that like I always love a little bit of action I always love like (laughs) to play with really good players I'm always like trying to trying to like get a game going but yeah sometimes it's not the best thing for me because I don't get to hit as many shots on the course (laughs) um so the times when I I'm able to play by myself, you know, I can hit some wedges from 80 to 120 yards, you know, really getting those distances dialed in, hit hit some more bunker shots, hit some more chip shots. Those are the best practice rounds that I have. Uh, So, yeah, today I was lucky enough to be able to get out there by myself um, and did that. And then uh, during the uh, term, yeah, so I'll start the tournament tomorrow, team off at 10.50, I think, playing with... Charlie Charlie Belgian ex PGA Tour player. Oh yeah, let's go! Yeah, that's sick. Or I get he still is a PGA Tour player. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. That'll
0: play be three exciting. rounds
1: there. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited yeah, for that'll that. That'll be fun. I, I I've seen him around. He's, he's a really cool guy. Seems really down to earth. Nice guy. Um. So, play with him the first two days, and then have the third round on Thursday. So yeah usually when I play a tournament week I'll just play the tournament Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm weird like this but I usually like to go to some tournaments by myself because after I play a tournament week or after I play a tournament day Mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do is to just go into my hotel room and just sit there and just chill by myself for like five hours and talk to nobody just because I get so mentally exhausted like Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's so nice after you off at like, 7 or 8 a.m. And you get done at, like, 12. And, like, you eat some food. And then you just go to your hotel room and just chill or stretch. Okay. And get a workout in from, like, 3 till when you go to bed. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, just some alone time.
0: Um, Strictly business. Week... Strictly business for Joe Fryer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, this week, I'll be at my place here. So, I'll just uh, – I'm actually getting – I just started at this place called THP, which is a, um, workout facility up here in North Scottsdale. So I, I got a couple, I think a few workouts at 5.00 PM Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after my round. So I'll do those to keep me busy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of just relax, relaxation and, not too much relaxation because then I'll get lethargic, but, you know, a good, ba- a, g- a good balance between, you know, not using too much energy on the course, but also being able to, you know, shut it down and just
0: enjoy chilling. Yeah, of course, of course. And then the weeks you don't have tournaments, do you feel like your, your kind of process changes at all? Do you feel like you, you still put in the same amount of hours no matter what, if not more? I mean, how do you feel on your off weeks?
1: Yeah, so during my off weeks, I had an off week last week. Um, And yeah, so I just started training at that, at this place, um, which has been really good for me. um, Yeah. Because I just, I just, I can't, I haven't been one, and I haven't been one to be able to practice all day. Like I couldn't practice for like 10 hours straight. I'd rather do, I'd rather do four or five hours of of efficient practice than, you know, just being out there, like just,
0: just banging balls being out there (laughs)
1: just just to be out there like yeah yeah so um usually i'll practice in the morning around nine or ten and then i'll i'll go to thp in the afternoon um or two or three or flip vice versa um and yeah during my off weeks just uh being here in scottsdale you know there's also a lot more to do outside of golf um, yeah like kind hikes of talk about that. And, yeah
2: yeah
1: Yeah, there's a lot of hikes and uh some nice places to get food and some nice bars downtown where you can just go and hang out with some buddies so nice. stuff like that it's just got a good balance and you know a lot of a lot of guys that are doing very similar um have very similar goals and very similar routines as me um so it's nice to you know mesh with those guys and you know hang out hang out with those kind of people
0: of course. Yeah. And um, I mean, like you're saying, you're, you're able to kind of do kind of hang out with guys that are doing the same stuff. I know you and Colton Lapa are pretty close and everything. Um, he's uh, he played down in Bakersfield as well. Um, what kind of, what kind of group or what kind of guys are you hanging out with in the, in the Scottsdale area and kind of whenever you're, do you play with guys like Colton Lapa during your off weeks and kind of hang out with him in your off time or kind of who else do you hang out with down there?
1: Yeah, so I've been playing on a course called Talking Stick, which is in like central Scottsdale area, Um, and I just practice out there, and um, my buddy Brian Mogg, who I grew up with, um, playing junior golf in Washington, he's out there as well, and Joe Joe Harvey, and um, a couple of those guys uh, that are from Seattle area actually practice out there. So I've got uh gotten to meet a couple people out there, but I actually just played with Colton uh last Thursday, I think. At he took me out to Desert Forest, nice, which is just such a good track. It's like unbelievable, tough awesome. track with nice greens and great practice facilities. So, um, Colton, Will Bateman, and Carson Shockey. Oh yeah, yeah. And I hey. played out. Yeah, we all played out there. Um, last thursday and had a good time um but i would definitely yeah like to eventually join a join some sort of a club like that a private club like that Mm -hmm. um next next season when i'm out here i kind of just this first season i just want to test it out and see how i liked it so i didn't want to commit to anything big but of course next next season when i'm when i'm here i'm definitely gonna look into you know get into that environment of having having a club to play at because it just gives you a nice a nice uh spot to come back to when you're home and you get to know a lot of the members and and just play play games with a bunch of guys and you know just being Mm -hmm. able to play whenever you want really so um there's there's a be hard to name a bunch of guys that i met out here but i've yeah i i meet somebody every week that i'm out here i meet another uh mini tour player who's doing a very similar thing just and just get to know them and we'll just somehow link up and play games or just uh, hang out and grab a beer or something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's great networking. I mean, like you said, you're going, you're going to all you know, the, you go to play and have private courses and stuff. You get to know the members and everything and who, who knows who you're going to meet. And I mean, networking, that's kind of one of the main things about golf that a lot of people really like is the networking and the people that you meet. Cause you never know who you're going to meet and uh, those connections either in the present or in the future, they could benefit you either way. So I think that's great. That'll be a great thing for you that you'll be able to do next season. And uh, that's kind of seems to be the thing that everybody does, you know, because it's one thing to go to a public course and practice and play, but it's one thing it's another, whenever you go to private golf course, and like you're saying, you have all the facilities, you get to meet different people and everything. So I think that'll be really awesome. Once you were able to get to do that and you're just only going to yeah. become a better player. So I think that's going to be awesome for you, man.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um. Uh, I know Arrowhead Country Club is a good track that has a bunch of outlaw tour players, um, and they have a pretty good deal out there. Um, I've always just been a big, um, believer in playing golf on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, being able to get out and play nine holes at five p.m. just hit some shots by yourself. Um, I think is just a great after after you've practiced for a couple hours, you know, just go out and hit those shots on the course is just like the best way to get better um, versus just being so honed in on the practice facilities and practicing all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm definitely going to look into that next season.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Um, what, what does the future look like for Joe Fry? I mean, do you have any goals for that you would like to accomplish in the next, you know, two to five years maybe?
1: Yeah. So next two next two to five oh two to five years um i'll go i'll go with like this next year Um, yeah yeah let's go next year definitely yeah yeah, definitely want to uh get some status on a tour um and you know whether that be pga tour canada or latin america or corn Ferry. um getting status on a tour is is a big goal definitely in the next year Mm -hmm. um also playing in a qualifying to play in a corn fairy tour event is one of my big goals Monday qualifying oh yeah that Uh, would be big yeah and then uh just going from there three years you know I mean anything can happen in three years real quick so going through corn fairy tour and then obviously to the PGA tour and then um five years uh yeah I'd love to be on the PGA tour by then and you know excelling and uh, lo- big long-term goals to obviously be a top 10 player in the world and I'd love to play in the Ryder Cup so that's just I feel like if you're in the Ryder Cup you know you're doing a lot of things right so Heck yeah. that's always been a big goal of mine and everybody asked me if I would play for England yeah who would, would you play for the U.S. and I would, it would be really weird for me to play for England honestly because I'm so American I have such an American accent yeah that it would it would definitely have to be uh, the u.s <laughs> yeah. even though my english english friends are probably giving give me some crap for that
0: <laughs> you know it's funny because i you know i just whenever i met you in person and stuff and kind of following you i didn't even really know you were from england until i saw on your uh, long beach state profiles like oh i wow, was from bristol england i was like i would have never guessed that so that's so funny that people ask you that and uh, i mean yeah playing for the u.s you're so americanized you know you might as well so but i would say either either side would be pretty sick to play in the Ryder cup so oh that'd yeah be awesome. it'd be
1: awesome that'd be the, that'd be the dream right there for sure
0: yeah for sure <laughs> but um so we're kind of moving on to the next segment of the show this would be the first time i've kind of introduced this but um towards the end of the show i usually do kind of a fun question kind of thing never had a name for it but um we're gonna name it so we're going to move on to the fried egg. This is a section of the show where I'll just kind of ask some random questions and uh, we'll just sure. kind of have fun with them. But uh, so the first one is if you could have a dream for some, who would be in it?
1: Oh, um, I'd go with Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. I go with go. Justin, Justin Thomas, love okay. Justin Thomas. Um, and I'd go with, Jason Day. Love Jason Day.
0: Jason Day. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: Where, I mean, where, I mean, I'm sure Tiger was a very big inspirational guy for you growing up and stuff, but how come, why would you pick those guys? Um,
1: I like Jason Day because, uh, I don't know. I just, I like his story growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's got a great story. He, yeah. He, he's got an amazing story. i watched a couple of his documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just love the way he plays. Um, great putter, amazing short game. Um, has has all aspects of the game when he's playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then Justin Thomas is as well. He just uh does everything really really well, and I just love how I love how he carries himself, and um, I just like. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. I, I like, I just, yeah. I just hey, you just still, like him. Cool. Hey, oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 got,
0: I like guys then, like that on the PGA tour as well. So yeah, I understand.
1: And then uh tiger just the goat. I mean, yeah, he's just, tiger woods. Don't, don't even, don't even need to explain. Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> um, so next one I got, who would win a match straight up between you and Colton Lapo? How do you feel you'd stack against uh, Colton?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, that would be a great batch. It'd be really fun. <laughs> Um I'm sure there'd be a lot of Chip-ins by Colton.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's got
1: a nasty short game. Yeah. Um uh I don't know. It, it'd be close. I guess uh we'd have to do it and I'd have to let you know.
2: Yeah, we'll maybe. To, maybe we'll
1: have to arrange that and
0: uh and yeah.
1: maybe get a little uh maybe a little Instagram live going.
0: Yeah, heck yeah, that'd be that'd be great, man. That'd be, that's the next match on TV right there, Colton Lapa, Joe Fryer, baby list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then I got one here. So let's say you hit a shot in a pond, okay? You got a pond, you hit your approach shot. It's in the mud. It's sitting in the mud. Mm -hmm. Would you or would you not strip down to your underwear and go and hit that shot to save your round? Even if you had a chance of winning or not, would you go in there, straight skivvies in the water and hit your shot out of the mud?
1: Is it, is it, if, okay, if it's, if it's around with my buddies and you know, we're, having a couple of drinks and we're just, you know, uh-huh. having some fun, I definitely would hundred percent, you know, got to beat the buddies, you know, <laughs> got to beat them by, a, I'd have to do it for that. But, um, in a, in a, in a big, big tournament, I would, um, big scenario, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I would, unless, unless, uh, I really, really had to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd, be, that it'd, be be, it'd be a tough one i'm trying yeah, to, yeah that you'd would, really have
0: to evaluate the situation that's for sure huh <laughs> are
1: there any gators involved is it in florida no like- no no
0: <laughs> no no i mean if there's gators in the water i <laughs> i would definitely not get in the water if i were you so i mean but um, I, it's a great question man i love i gotta hear your response for it
1: <laughs> yeah i yeah i would do it if i had to do it but definitely with with my friends i would if we were you know had, had a little Little money game going. I I would do it for the laugh of it. It'd be yeah, funny to get it up, get it up and down or something to beat them by one.
0: Heck yeah, that would be priceless. That'd be hilarious. Maybe maybe in the match with Colton, huh? Maybe that that'll. Hey, be maybe
1: match. hope hopefully I'm not I'm not hitting it in the water though. Otherwise, <laughs> I probably won't be beating them.
0: That's true. That's true. um If you had to play another sport besides golf, what would it be, and why would you play that sport? It'd be soccer, hundred percent. Soccer, um, yeah. That was my yeah. guess. That was gonna be my guess.
1: Yeah, I I really, I do miss soccer a lot. Um, I had two knee surgeries and one of them was from soccer. Oh, So as long as I'm playing golf, I definitely got to stay away from soccer. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I played a lot of it growing up and just love the team aspect of it as well. And just the adrenaline from, you know, just playing in a soccer match. So that would be my choice for sure.
0: Definitely. Um, so I I, I, I I reached out to Colton. I said, "Hey man, I need some dirt on Joe Fryer." He said, "said Dude, I don't have any for you. He's a great guy." But he said he'd like to ask a question: What PJ two? What PJ tour player do people say you swing or look like?
1: <laughs> we were on the range warming up uh, to play at Desert Forest. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, hey, you he just came up to me. He's like, hey, Joe. Uh, he's like, uh, I didn't want to tell you this in the other tournaments we played in because we were playing a tournament, but your swing reminds me of of Louis, Of Louie <laughs> <Ustaden>. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just like the, just threw the ball. It looks like it. I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, I've actually gotten that a couple of times. I've also gotten Paul Casey a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, huh. But yeah. So I was like, oh thanks, man. I guess I'll take that as a compliment. Well, and yeah, I and, and then I ended up striping my driver that day. <laughs>
0: Let's go. I mean, you got one of the the smoothest swings I've ever seen. And I mean, very much like who you see. I mean, hey, fair enough. That's a fair, it's a good comparison. Like you said, you take it.
1: <laughs> I think I think maybe the ping hat also yeah. uh, and the mm-hmm. ping clubs also helps that out a little bit for sure. Definitely. It
0: <laughs> definitely does. Who would you rather play or would you rather play with somebody who's painfully slow, like slow, like you just can't handle it? Or would you rather play with somebody who's on track to shoot a hundred? Would you test oh, your patience? How, how, would you test like your patience? how would you test your patience?
1: How would you test your patience? I'd have to go with the person who is painfully slow. Yeah, because they
0: could uh, be shooting like the slowest fifty nine in the world. Yeah,
1: unless it's my best friend Ryan who could shoot a hundred out of nowhere, <laughs> I could deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been paired up uh, with um just like random people sometimes, and it's uh uh it's pretty uh it's pretty rough if they're not getting the ball around. I I, I got a funny story. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Me and me and my uh my buddy joe putz who's caddied for me um several times this last few months uh we were playing a practice round at southern dunes for an outlaw tour event maybe a okay. swing thought tour i can't remember okay. but we got paired with this husband and wife oh, who nice. were just so bad <laughs> like just topping it and just like shooting like 120 there and, you go <laughs> yeah and and uh through nine holes I was like Joe like I can't get my I can't get my mind focused like this is just so tough to like have to watch this and play practice rounds so then we came up with the idea that we would bet on who would make a better score on the hole between them so like I would take nice. the wife on one hole and he would take the husband on one hole and I'd be like all right let's see like and we'd we'll, we we'll do like the spread, like because the the husband was a little bit better than the wife, so we'd be like, uh-huh. all right, he gets a shot on this hole, <laughs> and then we'd like do that, and we'd like go all the way through the round just to try to like keep my mind competitive. Yeah, I just of course, watch them like shoot 120. Oh, so gosh. we did that through the whole back nine, and we were like trying to like see like if we could like it was funny because they had no idea, but like we were like wagering on them, but they had no clue what was going on. <laughs> so it's just it was just a, a great way to just you know. Yeah. you know keep, kept my, it keep interesting. my mind sharp and not and not fall asleep out there
0: yeah I kept it interesting yeah definitely I mean that's yeah that's got to be just some of the worst that's got to be like one of the worst things to do is like like I said somebody could be shooting the best round of their life and they could be slow but yet yeah, playing with somebody that is just horrific at golf that is just no fun like it's mm. a tough it's a tough decision but I I think yeah I think like you said I think it's the way to go heading into the last question I have for you here who has inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? This is a little more, this is a little more of a serious question here. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, I've had a lot of uh, mentors growing up. Um, obviously my parents have, um, helped me a lot and, you know, inspired me to be the person that I am and, you know, to work hard and whatever it is I do. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so my, my first golf coach I ever had, Joe Putts, has, has been a really good mentor for, for me
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, when I was a junior and now that I've turned pro. Um, all the all the coaches that I had at Long Beach State, um, Mickey Yakoy and Mike Wilson. Yeah, Mike Wilson. Um, uh, all the the coaches, swing coaches that I've worked with throughout the years as well. Yeah. Um, this is a whole whole yeah. collection of of people yeah. um, obviously my my parents have i've been with them since i've grown up you know being in a home with them mm-hmm. um obviously that's narrow but also people who i've met through golf and um, people that i've met through school that have just you know everybody needs a few lifelines you know to help help guide them guide them through the different routes and um overcome different circumstances to you know it takes a definitely a team effort to be successful in anything especially in golf
0: definitely and to have that support system you know that's that's a big thing and um from what it sounds like that you're able to have that and i mean that's that's amazing that you're able to have that and your parents were there alongside to support you no matter what and have those mentors and coaches help you along the way to kind of evolve and create the golfer that you are today um, I think that's great that you're able to have that and um, that'll that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with the with Long Beach State alumni professional golfer Joe Fryer Joe thank you so much for coming on man it's great to chat with you a little bit and uh, best of luck to you not only this week but in the future and I'll be watching your scores and everything and uh, yeah man thanks for coming on
1: appreciate it dude thanks for having me it's uh, good to catch up with you
0: yeah um, definitely uh, look look forward to talking to you soon all uh, right, sounds good, man. We'll stay in contact, and uh, best of luck, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Auto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos so you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.